What a weekend, Texas fans. Are you kidding me? Uh, welcome into the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns, 247.com, joined by my esteemed colleague and roommate <laughs> from our trip to Tuscaloosa, the one and only Eric Henry. Eric, um, man. I'm working on about one hour of sleep, so I apologize for my appearance, for my sound. Uh, but what a night we had last night in Tuscaloosa. You and I uh, made the trip to Bryant Denny Stadium, where Alabama had a 21 game home winning streak. They had not lost a regular season home game to a non conference opponent in 16 years dating back to Nick Saban's first year on the job in 2007 and Texas went into the Coliseum and Steve Sarkeesian said he told his team we're going to be aggressive we're going to be in a street fight and we're going to throw haymakers and he said trust me trust the plan just trust the coaches and what we're we're going to do because we're going to set you up for su- success and it happened and it happened in a big bold beautiful uh saturday night unbelievable electric atmosphere vince young was in the house um and we saw a uh, quinn ewers maybe that we haven't seen well we definitely haven't seen him perform like that 24 of 38 three touchdown passes deep balls flying through the air like fireworks on the 4th of July. You and I were on the fifth floor of the stadium press box and Quinn Ewer's first deep ball to Xavier Worthy was as high as we were. Uh, Looked like a punt. It was so high. Um, And Xavier Worthy ran under it for a beautiful 44-yard touchdown catch after he dropped a uh, touchdown earlier in the game. But Texas comes out on top 34-24. The AP poll comes out today. Texas goes from 11 to 4. Uh, and I want to get your opinion on that, Eric. Based on what you saw last night, um, you know, first of all, what stood out to you in terms of the performance? And then we'll get into how you feel about the elevation and ranking. And if that's where, you know, if you're number four, they're putting you in the college football playoff, Eric. Now it's early. It's September. It's not even, uh, you know, we're <laughs> September 10th. We're not even at the midpoint of September, but your thoughts. What a weekend it was in Tuscaloosa, Chip. Uh, we still got plenty of season left, so I'll have to adjust to not being your roommate for a little while, but I'm sure, you know, the, uh, the lovely Mrs. Brown is happy to have you back. But yeah. What a weekend it was. You talk about impression. You talk about making a statement. Now, Steve Sarkeesian did not want to call this a statement game. He called it a benchmark game where he'll learn about his team and where their strengths and weaknesses are and what they need to improve on. Well, I I wrote about this. I did say that it was, in fact, a statement game. Chip, you talked about it, and it can't be emphasized enough how hostile of an environment that is. I think it's almost read a situation where we take it for granted because of how good Alabama's been. Until you actually live 
that environment. Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, the chip, the music is blaring for four quarters. They're keeping the crowd that 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 stadium. They do a great job of keeping that crowd engaged for four quarters. They're ready to go, ready to explode at any time. And I wrote about this. I said that my impression of the game, my biggest takeaway was that Texas came out. Steve Sarkeesian came out aggressive. He talked about in the post game that, you know, he's been in that locker room and how many teams come into Bryant Denny Stadium and they're beaten before the ball's even kicked off because they're intimidated by the mystique and the aura and the atmosphere and all those things. He came out aggressive, going for it multiple times on fourth down. They punched Alabama in the mouth. Eventually, you knew how many times have we seen Nick Saban coach teams. Going to halftime, maybe they're down or it's a close game and they explode for that second half, kind of breakaway push, right? We, we all were kind of on edge wondering, would it happen? Would Texas be able to hang on? But it, when Alabama punched back, the Horns took their best shot and gave them another one. And that punch they gave back was a knockout blow. So absolutely a statement game. Uh, you talk about Quinn Ewers hitting the deep ball. That was going. He talked about it. You know, just what he needed to do to to get things going there with Xavier Worthy and Chip. Games like this are why you bring in an A.D. Mitchell, right? That's why you get a guy from Georgia with that championship experience. He comes up huge. I know we talked about on the ride back. What a game that J.T. Sanders had as well. You know, we saw the, the guys on the outside getting attention and J.T. was able to really eat on the inside. So we saw the, the impact he was able to have. And then that defense, forcing turnovers. You and I, again, we talked about it. Jalen Milrow is, is certainly, listen, at this point in his career, he is not Tua Tagovaiola. He is not Bryce Young. He's not a, even a Jalen Hurts, right? But there's something there. He is not a, a, a subpar quarterback. And, you know, he was scrambling for his, his life the entire night. Texas's defense made him work for every throw, every rushing lane. You know, Pete Kutowski dialed up another great game plan against a dual threat quarterback, forcing turnovers. So what a night it was. And uh, yeah, Chip, I think my biggest impression, I know I haven't been around these parts nearly as long as you have, but uh, I, I can say this. I was impressed with the poise of Texas. I, I said it to you in the press box. It felt to me like throughout the game, it, it was Texas was a team that was playing to win. And Alabama was the team that was playing, just, you know, trying not to lose. Right. You know, there was hanging in there a little bit. They felt like the more composed team. Uh, I I'd almost venture to say the more veteran team. And I think the numbers would bear that out. If you look at the rosters as well, between, you know, the, the players up and down the roster, the more veteran team. And that's why they left with a victory. And it's it just, you know, uh, certainly a feather in a cap and a feather in the cap of Steve Sarkeesian. But the job is not done by any stretch of the imagination. But it, it, without, you know, with that being said, you can't not revel in this victory. One that Chip, I'm sure you can attest, uh, has not been seen in, in, in these parts in, in a long time. So great victory by the Horns, and, and we'll see where it takes them. Yeah, I mean, anytime you take on a top three team in their building and you come away with a double-digit win, it's going to be the talk of the nation, and it is. It is the talk of the nation. Everywhere you turn uh, that is talking about college football, they're – they're talking about this Texas win over Alabama and the fact that we've now got an undeniable, no doubt about it, signature win from Steve Sarkeesian in his three seasons at Texas and a defining performance for Quinn Ewers. We had the the 9 of 12 passing 
for 134 yards uh, in the first quarter against Alabama last year. He doesn't finish that game. We had the blowout of OU against a team that was under a first-year coach with an absolute tackling dummy at quarterback in Davis Bevel. Um, this was a whole new world. And and I wrote about this last night at horns247.com. We spent all offseason talking about the slimmed down, mulletless John Wick spewing Quinn Ewers. You know, he's a he's looks like a different man, but is he gonna play like a different man? And last night he did. And Eric. I saw a Quinn Ewers I've never seen before. Fiery, fist pumping, chest bumping, putting chains on at the end of the game, had a cigar in his mouth. I, I don't know about that. I mean, you save that for the national championship. Don't, don't get carried away here. I hope someone handed him that or stuffed it in his mouth and took his picture before he could kind of realize what was going on. But my point is Quinn Ewers was – the man, he was at, it, you could tell it was his team. You wanted to see him have great presence that if things didn't go well, like when Xavier Worthy drops the touchdown pass, they got to settle for a field goal when they've, they're down there living inside the 10 yard line of the Alabama Crimson Tide. No problem. Um, when they get up uh, 16 to three and then they, or 13 to three. And then they give up, you know, 13 unanswered points. Alabama took the lead at one point and no problem. Then Alabama, you know, Texas gets the lead back and they get up and Alabama cuts it to three with 11 minutes to play. You know, Jalen Ford said my heart raced a little bit. And then he said he walked up to one of his coaches and said, these are the moments you live for. What? These are the moments you live for. This Texas football program the last two years, when those moments hit, they wilted like a wet Kleenex. Now it's a moment they live for, to be in the snake pit of one of the greatest college football coaches and programs in history and to have them with their hundred plus thousand fans going absolutely bonkers. It's 27, 24. And Jalen Ford said, it felt like we were losing. We're up three. And it felt like we were losing because of the way the crowd was behaving. But he said, these are the moments you live for. And Texas responded. The defense, Jaron Thompson with the interception sets up the touchdown by Jonathan Brooks on the very next play. And then, um, you know, Texas with another deep ball touchdown to A.D. Mitchell, 21 points in the fourth quarter from Texas. And the and then to close out the game with a seven-minute possession where they're running the football, Steve Sarkeesian said, and we all wanted to see it without B. John Robinson, without Roshan Johnson, could Texas run it on their terms? It sure didn't look good against Rice in week one, but man, they held the ball for the final 7-14, drawing an offsides penalty on Alabama to get their last first down that allowed three straight kneel downs. 
the victory formation. And then one of the funniest celebrations I've ever seen, Eric, the players all ran in different directions. <laughs> They're like Jimmy Valvano after winning the national championship at NC state. He's like looking for someone to hug. And the players are running all over the place. They don't know who to celebrate with, but they're having the time of their lives. Keelan Robinson runs over to all of the recruits who were at the game for Alabama and said, y'all need to come to Texas. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers putting on some Longhorn chain. Uh, I, I sent my story into Horns 24-7 and cut across the field. There's Arch Manning standing there at midfield. I'm like, hey, Arch, what's going on? Um, he's on his phone. I mean, and then Sarkeesian is in there talking to him all emotional about what Alabama's meant to him, that he had open heart surgery. He revealed this this week, that he had open heart surgery and almost died in 2020 while he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. I'm like, okay, we knew a lot of stuff about Sarkeesian, but open heart surgery almost died? Um, he was very emotional about Nick Saban and how I wouldn't be standing here without Nick Saban. And uh, you could tell how much it meant to him. And it just was an amazing scene last night for Texas football. And as you said, and as I heard from the players, they were not saying we're back. This shows Texas football, folks. No, they were like, it's one win one win we got Wyoming Wyoming beat tech we got tough we got tough stuff here ahead we got big week Tavondre Sweat Jade Barron what Christian Jones it's one win we'll celebrate it for 24 hours we got to get ready for Wyoming we're not done yet how do how many players did we hear say that so it just sounds different Eric and Steve Sarkeesian I think people look at him different today. Like this is that kind of game. Quinn Ewers, they look at him different. I, I want to get your thoughts on that because you, you know, just from everything we heard in the preseason, there were questions. Can they do it in a big game? Can they do it on the road? Can they close out a big time opponent like Alabama on the road? And I think Texas earned the respect of the college football world. Now it's how they, it's how they handle it. Oh man, so much there to respond to, Chip. I'm definitely going to dive into the the you know hypothesis or hypothetical you raise as far as you know Quinn yours and Steve Sarkees and their what should they be considered to a, a duo, a quarterback head coach duo who've been questioned you know seemingly feels nationally you know i know it's certainly in our neck of the woods they've been questioned but it feels that way nationally i i do want to add one quick thing to the celebration chip you weren't down there uh, to bring the kind of the folks behind the curtain a little bit uh, i went down to the field with our guy tommy yarsh does a great job chip stayed up in in the press box for a little bit before he made the trek down to the locker room so chip i don't know how audible it was upstairs but it was loud downstairs the chance of sec 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 and i couldn't not talk about that in the postgame notebook and in my postgame story the, the the tuscaloosa air chip filled with the sounds of longhorn fans clad in burnt orange chanting all the way from the upper deck all the way from the upper deck chip it was 
surreal in a sense. And again, I am going to come back to your question. It was surreal in a sense to see the, and again, I don't know how much you saw from upstairs, the legion of Crimson Tide fans heading out. I like, know. That was, to, that was amazing. The route to the field, they were walking past us in disbelief. And you could see, I don't know if it was the mystique of Nick Saban and the record at home and the record against assistance, but you, and I'm, Chip, I'm sure you'd agree with this. The feeling from the Alabama fans in the crowd was that eventually, no pun intended, the tide will turn and they'll, they'll, they'll find a way to win. It, it, just with how much energy that crowd had, it seemed, you talk about Jalen Ford's quote about seeming like, like they were down. It, it felt like those fans truly believed at some point in time, they would come back. So that, that level of disbelief. Yeah, because they never lose at home. <laughs> there you go. That level of disbelief was so evident on their face as they were walking towards the exits and we were walking toward the field. Now to your question with Quinn, I, I want to start there. I mean, let's just stop and talk about this for a second, right? Yes, everyone, Steve Sarkeesian says it, players say it, it's the mantra. You come to the University of Texas because you want to play in big-time games and you want to compete, and, and, and you hear that across the country, right? No matter what program, uh, you know, if, if you want to iron sharpens iron, if you want to you know, come to a program, you're going to have to compete for your job and whatnot. But, Chip, that's, that's a great talking point, and, and I do agree with it to an extent, but people in everyday life, that's just not how your brain is wired, right? You want some measure of security. So think about a kid like Quinn, who is, is a five-star recruit, a highly talented guy in his own right, Gets to Texas, you know, has an up and down first year and thinks, all right, I'm going to get a chance to build on that. And then you got Malik Murphy pushing him. You got Arch Manning here. All the talk is the pressure's on Quinn. When is it going to be? We get those, those you know, I, I don't want to bash anybody, but those, those aggregate sites who talk about Arch Manning will be starting in week four, right? All that stuff doesn't phase Quinn. The John Wick mentality, as he talked about, <laughs> has this type of, of performance. So to your point about, is he elite? I don't know if we can call him an elite quarterback yet. This type of performance certainly helps, but what I do feel confident in the mentality stuff is real that in an, in an elite quarterback athlete mentality that Quinn is going to take the bull by the horns. Again, no pun intended there. I think that is legit. And I think that could be the thing that unlocks him being an elite quarterback that gets talked about at that level. And then when you talk about Sark, I mean, it, this was another big one for him as well. I mean, you talk about a guy who, when you look at his record, of course, you know, he didn't get a chance to finish out things at SC, but even at Washington had a couple seven and six years, you know, things really ascended before he got the job at SC. If you look at Sark's overall record, and, and maybe this just stuck out to me, I didn't realize this, how close he was to 500 as a coach. I'm, I'm not saying by any stretch of imagination, that he's average, we know, you know, what you hear about him is, is being a, a, an offensive play caller, someone who's creative and imaginative and does all the great things of pre-stat motion and, and, you know, dial up a great game plan. But your record kind of is what it is, right, in terms of being a head coach. So I think I was a little surprised. I don't have the numbers on me directly. I want to say he's something like seven or eight games over 500 as a head coach. But he needed this one not only over his mentor and Nick Saban, but on the road. Texas was three and six on the road entering this game. And if you're going to compete for a Big 12 title, if you're going to, you know, compete for something, you know, a loftier goal, you're going to have to compete on the road, right? So again, I, I wasn't here last year. I'm not saying that the victory last year wouldn't have been sweet, but I think there's something sweeter about doing it 
in Tuscaloosa that uh, for Steve Sarkeesian, again, can we call him elite? I, I think that's reserved, in my opinion, for coaches who have won national championships or at least played for national championships. But in terms of an elite coaching talent who, who can get the best out of his team, I think we're starting to see that from Steve Sarkeesian, no doubt. Yeah, and I think that's what you want you want to see because I've said over and over the great coaches reveal themselves in the first three years, either by winning a conference championship or getting to a conference championship. And Steve Sarkeesian, um, the big question on him was, can he be the offensive coordinator and manage the whole game? And I want to ask him on Monday about, having Joe D Camillus helping him with game management and how is that working? How's it helping? Um, and look, everyone's going to be laser focused for a game at Alabama. They're, they're going to command your best shot. We knew Texas was going to be a lot better than what they showed against rice because look, you, can make mistakes against rice and be like, we'll, we'll still win the game at Alabama. You had to thread the needle and they did. And Alabama 10 penalties for 90 yards penalties that wiped out two touchdowns. Um, and look, part of having a mobile quarterback or a quarterback who can make plays with his legs when things break down an eligible offensive lineman downfield is a thing. And, and it was a thing for, uh, for Jalen Milrow. Um, I was a little surprised Alabama didn't have more designed quarterback runs. It felt like a lot of what Jalen Milrow was getting on the ground was him scrambling and turning broken plays, turning nothing into something. And he did a great job of it uh, at times. And I thought he really, he, man, he took some hits um, right before and during the touchdown drive that cut it to three. I mean, he got crushed by Vernon Broughton. He got sacked by Ethan Burke. And the guy just kept slinging it and led them to the touchdown, the two-point conversion that cuts it to 27-24. That's when Jalen Ford said it felt like we were losing because the crowd was going so crazy. Um, and that that was the response drive to that is what impressed me most about Quinn Ewers because he threw he saw the field. OK, first of all, he saw the field. He found JT Sanders like he knew with Xavier Worthy getting all the targets in the first half and the 44 yard touchdown pass. The defense started to shade toward Worthy and said enough. And to Quinn Ewers' credit, he saw the field. He found JT Sanders. He found A.D. Mitchell. He found Jordan Whittington. He dropped the ball down to Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter. He saw the field. I had I can't tell you. I flew home today. All these Texas fans are coming up to me. How the hell did JT Sanders get so wide open all game? I was like, you can thank Xavier Worthy for that. You can thank A.D. Mitchell for that. Um, and you can thank Quinn Ewers for seeing the field, seeing JT Sanders. There were times last year where JT Sanders was like, hey, I'm right here. <laughs> Throw it to him wide open. 
and Quinn didn't see him. And that, that was a problem. And that's what comes with being in the second year of the offense. So um, now you, you, okay. Talk about this all the time. The sign of a well-coached team is week to week improvement. You got to go up every week. You got to keep going up, 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 up. So that by the time you get to November, Man, you are a wrecking machine. You are so confident. You're so confident in what you're doing that you're, man, you're like, hey, we're going to run this play right here. We're going to run it right through the B gap on the right side. Okay, good luck. That's when the confidence kicks in. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Vince Young was on the sideline last night and he said, this reminds me so much of Ohio State in 2005. He said, we formed our identity in that game against Ohio State. And then we built on that identity the rest of the year until we got to the national championship game against USC. And he said, Texas built an identity in this game against Alabama. They are a wide open spread passing attack. They make the defense, defend the width of the field. You have to worry about the running backs. You have to catching the football. You have to worry about them running it. But um, that's what is so exciting if you're a Texas fan. And I know, Eric, we talked about this coming into the season. You know, I don't know uh, how I should predict Texas. Ten wins, nine wins, 11 wins. I'm reaching for the Tums because I don't know what I'm going to get. Okay. Jalen Ford talked about this last night. He said, I get that fans have kind of become like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to believe in these guys. They've hurt me so many times. And he said, have faith in us. The players are starting to believe that they got a little something here when they're saying to the fans, hey, it's okay. You can have faith in us. We don't want to be the ones to let you down, and we're going to work our butts off to be the team that doesn't let you down. I thought that was that that tells me these players are starting to feel it. So, Chip, I'm really glad you mentioned the week to week, right? Because it's funny. Yeah, I want to say it was before my flight to Atlanta. I was watching the the U part two you know, the great documentary that was done about the Miami Hurricanes, you know, their rise from, uh, you know, back in the 2000s and, and watching the run that that 2001 to 2002 team went on, right? It, it seemed, again, you talked about it, week to week to week building. They beat Florida State, right, in 01. Similarly to, you can say, to this win against Alabama, you, you get that monkey off your back and that builds the confidence, right? It's really interesting that point you make there because I think, that in conjunction with the mentality that the players are taking, which is, hey, it's one game. We've got Wyoming. On to the next one. On to the next one. Those are the things that, yes, while it's great, and I had a chance to see some of the footage of guys like Jade Barron and others, you know, arriving back at campus. And, uh, you know, just sh- quick thing, you know, Jade is, is, is a great interview, by the way. I mean, he's just one of the most Love confident, him. like, swaggy type dudes out there. And you get a chance to, to talk with him. Of course, he had the pick uh, in the first quarter. But, Baited yeah, you wanna, beautifully. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to enjoy it for a bit, but it's about taking that mentality of, hey, it's about us. It, 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 and how many times have we heard players say 
it's not a it, no disrespect to other teams, but it's not about them. It's about us and our mentality. And our Steve Sarkeesian even said that, hey, week to week now, we've got to go back. Are we going to you know prepare properly mentally and physically for Wyoming? So that matters. And, and one quick thing I do want to say, because you talked about some of the trepidation of Texas fans, right? And I, I had some fun with some fans on the board who were giving me a hard time. They were shouting out Chip Brown. You know, let's give Chip Brown his kudos because he picked – the Longhorns to win. Not very many of us. I think Chip was the only one, I believe. Uh, was Me and Hank. You and Hank. You and Hank. You and Hank. Hank South uh, does a great job covering recruiting for us. Picked the Horns to win. Some fans are – gives a hard time. And, and here's what I would say to that, right? And I, It's going to sound sarcastic, but I, I hope it comes across to kind of further emphasize why Saturday or last night was so important. Again, Chip's running on a little bit of sleep, so am I. So I'm forgetting Saturday. What, what, what day was that? Chip, if I said to you, I got two buckets, right? One of them has $10 million. The other one of them has nothing. And the person, they've had 52 previous tries. And 51 of them have picked this bucket. And they've won $10 million. And only one time have they picked that bucket and won. You're probably going to choose the bucket that's been in 51 times, right? That's the way I analogize it to some of the fans on, on the board. I mean, listen, I'm all for this is a great gig. I have an incredible job. So, yeah, I am all here for, you know, give me a hard time. I can take it. But let's just be realistic about it. There's a reason why so many of us picked Alabama, because we've seen it before. We hadn't seen it from Texas. So to go out and to be able to make that kind of statement and then take that mentality and say, okay, Hey, it's one game out of, out, out of 12. We got to keep it rolling. You love to see that, but that's just the way I hope that that further emphasizes just or underscores how big of a victory this was because you hadn't seen it before. That's the reason why chip, as you talked about some of the trepidation of the Texas fans, they just hadn't seen it in so long. And now that they've seen it, that can instill some belief in this year's team. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Um, everything you said is right on point. And we know that the window is now for Texas because of all the experienced leadership that they have at each position group, especially the defensive line. And you gotta have you gotta have the trenches and kudos to the Texas offensive line, which has been the maligned group the group that gave up, you know, Kelvin Banks and Hayden Connor giving up a sack to Rice and they didn't communicate well. And Jake Major said, I got to get it cleaned up. They kept Ewers sack free in this game and ran it when they had to run it with seven minutes left in the game. Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell kind of split the right guard duties and Christian Jones with another Impressive game, keeping Dallas Turner and Jaheim Otis off of Quinn Ewers, the interior of the line. Uh, so we know that the window is now because of you know, 10 starters back in offense, Quinn Ewers, second year in Steve Sarkeesian's offense, the defense, you just mentioned Jade Barron, playmaker, Jalen Ford, almost had another interception uh, last night. And, you know, the corners – Ryan Watts, Gavin Holmes got a pass interference penalty. Um, but, you know, Terrence Brooks played really well. 
Uh, Jalen Catalan was everywhere. We don't even talk about Jalen Catalan. He was the leading tackler last night, and almost every one of his tackles was a solo shot. So it, it's it, this is special, right? Like they just got the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Okay, you just got validated. You beat Alabama on the road. You are validated in the minds of college football and the voters and the pundits. You just earned all that respect. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You're going to cherish it. You're going to work harder. You're going to police each other to make sure that everybody's on point. Everybody's staying after practice to study film, get in the ice tub, do the cryotherapy, whatever. Or are you going to enjoy? Go down to 6th Street. Ladies, did you see do you see what I did on the field in Tuscaloosa? I know that was really terrible. Um, <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Eric? You're going to cherish it? Or are you going to, oh, man, my teammates will get me. I'm going to stay out this week. I'm going to, I just met this cute girl. You know, what are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to become a laser beam? Or are you going to, you know, put on some cologne and head down to 6th Street and rack up some uh, some time with the ladies? You know, I mean, that's that's what it takes. I'll never forget talking to Vince Young the year that they won the national championship. It was before they played USC. It was at the ESPN Home Depot Awards. And I said, Vince, give me a, an example of your leadership this year. And he said, Looking after Ramon's Taylor was a full-time job and I just cracked up, you know? Um, so, but that's what it takes, Eric, you know, this, you got to police each other. The co the players have to be coaching the players. They have to be policing each other. They have to, they have to want it. They have to decide, are we going to be all in? Are we going to, you know, do what Sark says. We're going to trust these game plans. Now we know we can trust it. We got a quarterback who can deliver it. We got playmakers who can execute it. Are they going to buy in and get better like TCU did last year? They kept buying in. They, they took every win and said, this is precious guys. We got a chance here. And that's what I think that's what everybody's waiting to see. And we got Wyoming night game. You're going to see those LED lights just like you saw at Bryant Denny Stadium. Eric, they do put on a good show there, man. They they play all the songs that everybody knows all the words to. Sweet Home Alabama, Mr. Brightside by the Killers, Garth Brooks, Low Places and 100,000 people are singing along. It's an unbelievable atmosphere. Again, Chip, we uh, we can't underscore that point enough. And it's, it's it's not even just you know talking about the atmosphere for uh, guys like us as you know college football nerds, just really hammering home what Texas had to go into to get that victory. It, it, the music thing almost sounds silly, but I can't just hammer it home enough. The energy that that crowd had for four quarters, even during commercials, and like. It sounds weird, but that stuff matters, man. Chip, was there ever a moment where I think that crowd had a chance to just start tinkering with their phone or mentally get outside of what was going on? No. 
you know, they, whether it was having Dante Hightower and um, Marcel Darius there, right. Uh, you know, in between quarters or Jameer Gibbs, it, it didn't matter what they kept that crowd engaged. So, you know, got to mention that, but listen, we heard the players talk about it heading into the year. One of the things, again, having not been around the program for very long, one of the things that stood out to me was hearing Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington and others talk about, hey, you know, we really rock with each other, right, on and off the field. And yes, some of those things sound cliche, but I believe, Chip, it matters when you go into a place like Alabama or you're, you're, you're on the ropes. Maybe, you know, it's a tough ball game at home against a Big 12 opponent, right? When you look and listen, talent trumps everything. I, I don't want to, you know, bury that lead. But I think it means something when you look to the left of you, you look to the right of you and you really identify and, and, and you really, you know, have a relationship with that guy. I think those things matter. And then the second thing, when you talk about what is this team going to do off a big win? Well, we heard Jaron Thompson talk about the, hey, I got the guys back at the apartment. You know, we got a movie room and we're watching film. You know, it's, it's one thing to watch film in the facility. It's another thing when we're just the guys hanging out, watching film, right? Keeping that mentality, that is going to be key. And, and I, I, I do think that this team has the makeup to, to keep it all together just because it'd be one thing in my mind if they were asked that question by us as the media now and they you know brought out that answer. But that's been what they've been talking about since fall, since Big 12 media days, just the togetherness and the tightness and that they really, you know, again, I'll use Jay Witt's quote, I, I really rock with these guys, you know, inside the facility and out. Th those are the things that will help keep you accountable. When if you're left to your own devices, right? I, from my time having covered <laughs> college football down in South Florida, you're left to your own devices. Well, you know, Fort Lauderdale and Miami can get you. South Beach can get. South Beach can get. Can get Ocean you. Ocean Avenue, baby. Yeah, Ocean Avenue can get you. And as someone who lives right here on Fifth and West, I I can attest that Sixth Street can get you as well here at Austin. But when you have that accountability, you have those guys who are right there with you. Those are the things that's like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to put that to the side. I'm, I'm going to go watch a little film. I'm going to put that to the side. I'm going to do a, a couple extra reps. You know, those things matter. And, and I do think this team has the makeup to, to put it all together. Yeah. No, it's exciting. It's exciting. Make sure you're over at horns247.com reading all the coverage. I mean, we have, we have kept you uh, hopefully busy with all the content and really good um you know, mind opening, just content that's making you think about the things that, you know, teams that are trying to win a championship uh, are trying to get done. So um, make sure that you're checking it all out, especially the recruiting side of it, because this week is enormous, people. Um, Hank South, Jordan Scruggs, Hudson Standish, the visitor list for the Wyoming game is potentially seismic. We're talking like the five stars, Terry Bussey, Ryan Wingo, uh, the guys that, you know, Texas is really uh, trying to zero in on uh, could all be at this game. So stay tuned over at horns247.com. All right, let's grab a quick break here uh, on the flagship podcast. And we'll come back with some ticket or leave it. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. So, Chip, now we're coming in with a little bit of take it or leave it. You having been around this program for some time, I think it's great that, you know. For 100 years. Listen, listen, you know, it's wisdom. It's wisdom, sir. Uh, I figure, you know, the Alabama uh, victory should probably give you an opportunity to recall some things as far as possible trajectory where this team may be heading as well as just, you know, where does this win rank among some of the – the top victories. So let's start it, Chip. You know, it, is the Alabama win on par with the victory over Ohio State in 2005? Take it or leave it. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to take it and leave it, okay? And let me explain. I'm going to take it from the standpoint of it has the possibility of very much being the same kind of effect. You go on the road to an impossible place where no one's been beating that team. Alabama hadn't lost at home at night since in eight years. They hadn't lost a regular season non-conference game at home in 16 years. You go win a game like that against a team that's won six national championships the last 12 years and played for three others. Okay. Now you've done something special, and that's what I'm talking about with this. You have this golden ticket now. I mean, um, so from that standpoint, I'm going to take it. Where I'm going to leave it is we got to wait and see if Texas parlays this victory and builds on it and takes the confidence that this gives them and empowers them and makes them better, makes them work harder, makes them believe more. And so that's where I don't think I've ever said both things as my answer. Um, So if I have to pick one, I'll say I'll take it. But I really want to see now if this team has the, the wisdom, the maturity, the desire, the hunger, to take what they just accomplished and build on it and not become complacent. Eric, how about you? Take it or leave it. Here's what I'll say, Chip. I obviously don't have the historical uh, reference that you do, but I'll say this to what you said there. I am going to take it, but the reason why I can understand taking both sides is this. For me, if this game were later on in the year, right, if 
you know, in, in due time, this will be a conference game. And if this were a late season conference game, you feel like the team's hitting their stride, hitting the gas at the right time, right? There's still a lot of football left to be played. So you have to see, and I think hopefully this answer will be a perfect segue into what's going to be our next question. You have to see what Texas is going to do with this victory. We've talked in the earlier part of this podcast about having belief that the mentality is different, that they have the makeup, the wherewithal to A, properly enjoy the victory while also understanding that it is one of 12 and the mentality it needs to be put in and that the mentality you have to adopt in order to capitalize on this. But with that being said, it's still early. Yeah, I said this to you on the ride home. I even feel that way about Alabama. I think this game happened early. Where do we see them in seven, eight weeks, right? Maybe that could be a game we see again down the road. So I'm taking it, but I understand the rationale for leaving it because it's just, it's still early in the season. We're only in week now entering week three. So I understand that, but the next take it or leave it chip. And again, you have, you know, such a great reference points, what this could do, take it or leave it. Does this win propel Texas to their first big 12 title since 2009? You know, they, I'm going to take it because this better do that. Like we look around the big 12, Texas tech lost again to Oregon. They had the game. They were up 28, 17 and they coughed it up just like they did against Wyoming. They're, they're now getting into that, that bad pattern, you know, winning's a habit, losing's a habit. And when you get into the habits of winning, you just believe you're going to keep winning. If you get into the habits of losing, and Texas lived this a couple of years ago in the five and seven season, they had those double digit leads in the third quarter. And then, uh oh, here we go again. And they just kept losing them. And then they get on the longest losing streak since 1956. And that was a good football team, talent, talent wise, not a good team, but talented team, just like Texas Tech is. But you K-State is the truth, it looks like, to me. K-State, by the way, their defense is filthy. Like, go look at the NCAA rushing stats. K-State, I think, is number one um, in run defense right now, which is massive. I look at run defense almost – I mean, scoring defense for, is first. Run defense is second because if you're stopping the run, you're making teams one-dimensional and you're probably collecting some turnovers. But Baylor, what is Baylor doing? My God, they had a great chance to bounce back against Utah. They're in total control of that game, and then they absolutely throw up on themselves in the final 155 and lose the game after being up double digits with two minutes left in the game. Um, Houston, Good win over UTSA, loses to Rice in double OT. Rice was up 28-0 in that game. I mean, it's like I look around the Big 12 and I'm thinking, Texas, you just went and beat Alabama in their crib. Like, if you don't turn this into a run through the Big 12, because remember, next year, you got Georgia coming to your place. 
And if you get through Georgia and Florida and AM and Arkansas and all the teams you got on the schedule, oh, guess what? You might get to play Georgia again in the SEC championship game. I mean, you better take this and turn it into something special. So I'm going to take it. Eric, how about you? It's interesting we're having this question, and I think it's ironic we're having this question leading into a contest against Wyoming because, Chip, you could make the argument if you really wanted to. Hell, Wyoming's looked better than half of the Big 12 yeah. this season, the early going, right? Yeah, so, they beat Portland State, the team that the kid lost his ear in week one. Yep. They and then, beat him up good. Who's your guy? Who's the quarterback for Wyoming? Andrew Peasley. Former Utah State quarterback was supposed to be the heir, the heir apparent to Jordan Love, um, but you know things didn't work out for him there, there as well. And, and and I guess while we're on the topic of Wyoming, before I answer my take it or leave it, you know Chip uh, again, you know a really veteran team. You talked about it with Craig Bowl. That guy's not playing any games. You know he knows how to coach a, a team, good defensive team. Nine Ten starters, starters back on defense. Nine stars back on defense. So. Like I said, it's ironic we're leading into this question because you can make the case that Wyoming looks better than a handful of teams in the Big 12. But I'm taking it for that specific reason. You hit the nail on the head, Chip. Other Big 12 teams are sitting there, you know, monkeying around with lesser competition or losing to it, quote-unquote lesser competition. And Texas just beat Alabama on the road. This should be the win that propels you to making that statement. The, the last thing I'll say here is, you know, I, I think it's, it's ironic. Uh, listen, maybe in the, you know, I think if I could tap into the, the spirit of Texas fans for a little bit here, a little bit of, you know, some crow to eat for one conference commissioner who will remain unnamed, who ran off at the mouth. The Yormark Jinx. And Chip, you were there. You were sitting a couple seats away from me when the same conference commissioner said that this year would be a, a year to honor the achievements of the Longhorns, right? And the Sooners too, but the Longhorns. And then a couple months later, that's what comes out of his mouth. Well, he, <laughs> he's going to have to eat some crow because this season, in my mind, I'm taking it. It will be a season to honor Texas's achievements because it'll propel them to a big 12 title and the last one i know we touched on it a little bit chip but i want to give you an opportunity well, to and real quick on. greg sankey oh, yeah, greg go sankey the sec commissioner was at the texas alabama game and he was asked about brett yormark's comments and greg sankey said as a commissioner you need to make sure all your schools are treated with respect and he said i would expect the pac-12 schools that are going to the Big Ten are treated with respect. Any schools coming to the SEC next year are treated with respect, just like all the schools in a conference are treated with respect by that commissioner. It was a, you know, put Brett Yormark in timeout uh, moment. So anyway, sorry. Let's uh, yeah. let's get to. Take it or leave it number three. Yes, take it or leave it number three. It's running on the ticker. Take it or leave it. I want to give you an opportunity to expand. I know I touched on a little bit. Quinn Ewers and head coach Steve Sarkeesian should be considered elite. Take it 
or leave it. Yeah, so this is interesting because they they did something elite. They did something elite by going to Alabama and winning and looking good. And the game plan, the buy-in, the execution by Quinn Ewers, 24 of 38, three touchdowns in that environment, big-time answer, baskets. You know, we talk about in basketball, you got to stop the run. Well, Alabama, 13 unanswered points. They took the lead. You got to answer that, and Quinn Ewers did. I'm going to leave this for now, but I'm going to come back to this. If they continue to build on it, because Steve Sarkeesian, there were times last year, the year before, where we're like, okay, did you lose your play card in the second half? Like, what's going on out there? You're the guy who knows how to set everything up and – you know, you send Worthy on the, the deep route, and then you you counter off of that with the comeback or the, you know, the, the deep in or, you know, on and on. And so I want to see how they build on this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it for now, but make no mistake, what they did Saturday night in Tuscaloosa was elite, and it's why the whole country is talking about Texas right now, rightfully so. Now let's see how they build on it because, hell, we saw Quinn Ewers look like a pro against Alabama and Oklahoma last year, and then he ran into the three high safety defenses. Alabama doesn't play three high safety defense. They play NFL defense. We got some three high safety defenses coming up. Let's see how Quinn Ewers has handled that. I'm going to leave this for now, Eric, but uh, I reserve the right to revisit this question as the season goes on. How about you? No, I mean, listen, I, I'm going to take that same right just to kind of add on to what I said earlier. I, I am saying leave it on both fronts. But like I said, Quinn Ewers elite mentality, elite athlete mentality. I believe that all the talk that's been made of Quinn's, you know, transformation physically, but also mentally. I think that is elite. So I want to emphasize that. But uh, elite quarterbacks still need to see more And the same thing. With head coach Steve Sarkeesian, the questions, as I mentioned, you know, uh, a guy who, when you look at, I think is something like seven or eight games over 500. Uh, certainly someone who can you talk about, right, can scheme up a great game plan, can put all the pieces together. But getting the job done, taking it home, finishing it. That win against Alabama, against his mentor, against someone who, as he said, post game, he owes his life and career to. That's yeah, big. Everything. That, that that's that's big so that certainly proves something but it doesn't prove ev- any it doesn't doesn't prove everything excuse me i think you have to have either uh, played for a national title or won a national title to, to be considered that elite category but like you said reserve the right to come back to this later on cb all right there you have it kids thanks for uh Listening to this episode, recapping Texas's potentially seismic victory in Tuscaloosa, a 34-21 win that had the folks in Houndstooth heading for the exits before the game was over. We just don't see that at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Um, It was the Texas fans who were there well after the game singing, singing, singing Texas fight and just, they, they didn't want to leave and I don't blame them. I mean, Arch Manning, like I said, uh, when I 
you know, way after everyone had gone, Arch Manning was out there at midfield on his phone, soaking it all in. And Steve Sarkeesian and talking about having had open heart surgery in 2020 and almost dying. Now we see this, that's an even more like life lesson perspective from, from a guy who's been through a lot, some of it self-induced, but still um, he had everything. He pissed it all away. Uh, Nick Saban gave him a chance and it brought him back. And then he almost dies while he's got that opportunity in 2020, he won a national championship that year. Um, so fascinating stuff from Steve Sarkeesian, but he does tell his players, soak it up, enjoy the moment, take it in before, during, and after the game, celebrate it. And Texas fans, you too should celebrate uh, this win because it was special. It was special. Eric and I were there. We were riveted. I've already watched the game again. I, I'll watch it again and again. It's one of those. It's right up there with for me of 2008, the Red River shootout, the, the back and forth game that Texas ended up winning 45-35, and which was the best regular season game I've ever covered. It's right there. We may have 1A or a co, you know, tie for first between now uh, that 2008 Red River shootout and the uh, Texas win at Alabama. Uh, it was even more fun and thrilling than the win at Ohio State, in my opinion. But um, nothing will top, obviously, the national championship from 05. Uh, for Eric Henry, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Everybody stay safe and keep the faith.